Welcome to the Doom is Dead podcast, a show all about how dead Doom is. I'm your host, Human Bones, and I'll be your guide as we make our way through the graveyard of this once great game that absolutely nobody enjoys today. On episode three, we are joined by Community Legend, the originator of the massively popular 32 and 24 series and Tales from Texas, Shikoten. Doom is Dead is sponsored by In the Keep and the Drowned God, Cathala. All right, well, I have to say I'm super excited to talk to our guest today. Uh, he's been a member of the Doom community for, uh, well, if we look at the year, what, almost 20 years now? Uh, he, When I first met him, he was a pretty big deal on Skulltag. I believe you were kind of second in command at the time. Um, and like you, Yeah, something like that. And your clan was very clearly the best clan on Skulltag. Um, oddly enough for me, I became like best friends with your brother for like a year or two because we're kind of the same age. But um, So I guess, you know, we've always traveled in the same circles, but I don't know too much about you. So without further ado, welcome Shaika Ten. Thank you very much. Great to be on. So why don't you tell us a little bit then about how you first ended up in the Skulltag community and, uh, you know, how you found, basically how you found yourself playing doom for all these years uh yeah uh so yeah the typical doom origin story all right i started playing doom like early shareware versions uh those were the only things that i had access to off of you know like demo discs that you had in convenience stores and things like that uh i think i got like a 250 game cd from uh uh, a CVS or something like that. And um, that's really where I started trying to play like shareware doom. Uh, and I've finally got a copy on my own in like 1995 with ultimate doom. I guess my mom got me a copy and um, really didn't know how to play that online, but really always wanted to. Uh, there was a guy in her office who was like, did you know that you could play doom on the internet? And uh, that was uh it was kind of fascinating to me, but like I hardly knew what the internet was. Like I, I just used it a, a little bit, so that that was not my first uh, online gaming experience. I think eventually one time I got like a, a modem to modem connection up with a neighbor down the street, but uh, really, my online Doom story probably begins with Doom Legacy. Oh my! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, uh, just to pinpoint you in the age bracket, like, are we talking like, were you really young when this was going on, or have you been already a teenager? Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, age wise, uh, let's see, I was born in 86. So, uh, I was probably nine when I started like playing Doom in earnest. Um, yeah, so, so, and, so, you're my age bracket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Already uh, knew that this was a big deal when it came out. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, my relationship with Doom itself uh, was mostly just playing uh, a lot of Ultimate Doom as a kid. Um, like Doom 64 came out and I hated it. I was like so crushed and disappointed 
that they would do such a thing is, you know, now that I've gone back and like played, uh, you know, the uh, PC hacked versions of the game, I, I kind of did that when I was, you know, uh, more like a teenager. I was like, oh, OK, Doom 64 had a good basis that just was on a Nintendo 64. And it turns out I hate uh, uh, games on uh, consoles, uh, like shooters on consoles. So, uh, yeah, I uh, didn't really get too big into the online Doom scene in the 90s. I think I downloaded a couple of WADs, but I wasn't aware of, you know, any central repository. I didn't know that, you know, id games was a thing uh, that existed. So I was mostly downloading from people's Angel Angel Fire homepages and things like that. Uh, so, you know, like lots of, you know, Simpson wads or here's my house, you know, that kind of like bullshit. <laughs> um, and, uh, that, that's what early online, uh, dooming was like for me. Uh, I got into doom was not my first, um, multiplayer first person shooter, uh, that would go to tribes and, uh, star siege tribes. If, uh, people are unfamiliar with it is a, uh, like, very large scale, uh, up to 128 player capture the flag game with jetpacks and vehicles. Jumping simulator, basically. Pretty much <laughs> skiing is what they called it. You could slide down the hill and then like jetpack off of the other side and uh, go up to, you know, like 300 kilometers an hour was an average, you know, capture the flag uh, kind of speed for a character. So it actually makes Doom look a little slow <laughs> um, with with the uh, sixty mile an hour kind of run speed. That's a that's a shocking uh, revelation to today's audiences, which consider Doom the fastest game in history. Basically, <laughs> yeah, no, no, Tri- Tribes is all about you know the modern day Tribes has got to go fast, you know. So that's where I came up, but but Tribes was really cool in terms of um, networking and, you know, building up clan scenes and things like that. So built into Tribes, Tribes, I should mention, was the first, like, online-only first-person shooter. Like, that was, this was 1997. This is the same year that, you know, some schlubs were playing uh, GoldenEye and things like that. And uh, Tribes had an IRC client built into the game itself. And you could join people's games over the IRC client. It was really like next level stuff for 1997. Yeah, revolutionary. Yeah, it was huge. And um, and I kind of got into you know playing different mods and stuff of tribes, getting into their competitive scene, trying to figure out how to make mods and things like that myself. And yeah, just you know scripting and learning how to make IRC bots and making IRC bots play dumb games. Really, kind of a theme of this is is since I'm like early enough to remember, I've been just kind of compelled to tinker and make games and get people around me to play the games that I've made or get them to help me make the game. <laughs> this is uh, kind of the theme of 32 and 24. So since the start, you were like drawn towards the the community shepherd role, the the organizer. Yeah, I would say so. Like, I mean, I think I would say the the first game I ever designed wasn't even a computer game. It was um, I used to like do a kind of like dungeon master role for a um, like a pen and paper Star Wars game, uh, the West End Games D6 Star Wars. And I was like, this is cool. But like, what if I made my own game and took the rules and kind of perverted it? And I made like a jet flying simulator, uh, which I still have the rules for somewhere. 
Uh, I don't think it's a very good game because I was about nine, but uh, <laughs> I didn't really have a conception of uh, any of the complexities of what you know involved flying a jet. But I was like, hey, roll some dice. If you do better than the number, then you win. <laughs> so, uh, DNA but, pilots. Right, basically. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was doing the same kind of thing in Star Wars, so it felt like an easy adaptation to me. But, like, you know, no one was telling me no that I couldn't do this kind of stuff, so I just uh, made games. So, transition to Doom. <laughs> yes, yes, Doom, of course. <laughs> so, uh, so we're looking at Doom, and um, I started learning that online Doom was a thing with Doom Legacy. And, and that uh, had, like, did that actually have uh, a c- online community around it back in the day? Because I'm not aware, <laughs> to be honest. Kind of, kind of. The, this was like a lot of stuff was tied to launchers at the time. And I can't remember exactly uh, what Doom Legacy had for a launcher uh, back in the day. Um, because a lot of them were like multi-port launchers and you could, you know, play on any port you chose, but uh, kind of like the tribe spit I was referencing there, it had a built-in chat room that you could join. Oh, uh, so that was a hub. Yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of like that. Um, so I don't remember what, what the really early hub was called uh, because I wasn't super into it back then. Uh, but when I was playing Legacy, I was playing like, uh, you know, Brit and Exec and wads <laughs> like that. Uh, and uh, I was like, this is pretty cool, but I feel like there's not a lot of people playing this. I wonder if there are other uh, ways to play Doom that have like other, like more players. Uh, and so I started, you know, looking around and uh, exploring other source ports and you know, early versions of Z Damon and uh, Skull Tag were around at that point in time, as well as CS Doom, which uh, was kind of a joke. Yeah, even then. <laughs> so <laughs> no one was really playing CS Doom at the time. Um, but yeah, so I started playing uh, a little bit of all of these until I finally settled on um, Skull Tag. And I was really drawn in by the kind of new school design like i was very much aware that it was that a lot of qualities of it were a quake 3 ripoff but it had the added speed and uh just felt a lot more visceral than quake 3 to me so i was like yeah this is where it should go i was particularly fascinated with uh jump pads and kind of adding a little bit more verticality to doom uh, and, and so the built in skull tag maps, uh, were a really big kind of early inspiration for me, even though if you go back and play them right now, the, the balance is really not there. It was more the creative aspect of it. Like the, Hey, you can, you can do, you know, all kinds of, you know, crazy jumps, crazy movement tricks that typically you wouldn't be doing in a normal doom map. Yeah, we, right. We, it was it, it was different than what was available at the time because everything else, like like you said, Z Damon, CS Doom, um, they were trying to be, you know, they were trying to be pure adaptations of the game that we love. So with Skulltag, it took things kind of in, like you said, a Quake direction. It almost became like its own game, 
Um, and it's interesting that you mentioned how you started off sort of writing IRC bots and then you ended up with Doom Legacy because uh, I used to idle in the, the Legacy channel on Freenode and oh. nobody in there played Doom. All they did was like they just they had an IRC bot and they used to play these like trivia uh, these trivia games, and so you'd get all these points and shit. And I was like, "Are we? What are we doing here?" Like, it, so it was just a bunch of people playing trivia, and I just, I don't know. Maybe they were in more influenced by your ability to write IRC bots than they were by <laughs> Doom itself. <laughs> I, I in no way was uh, uh, really involved in the legacy community. Um, I, I, I ended up learning a couple of the names. I think uh, Mister Rocket was one of the big names there. Yeah. Uh, and and he factors in a little bit later on to the skull tag story, actually. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I eventually settled in on uh, skull tag. I would say around two thousand and three, uh, when the skull tag forums, uh, as they came to be in their uh, definitive state, kind of were first born. I think I was one of the first few people who registered on that. And um, as kind of a Skulltag community member, I found myself um, answering a lot of questions. You know, I was maybe, uh, I want to say like 15, 16, around that age. And it was like kind of a prime internet age because I was just able to get on the computer for a lot longer than I was able to as a little kid and start like answering more questions and interacting with people. And there are a lot of people who would come on Skulltag and they're like, hey, how do I do this thing? How do I change the colors in my name? Uh, is this a bug that I'm running into? And I just found myself like answering all questions kind of on my own. I believe I was the member with the most posts because I was just kind of in a period where I was an obsessed, you know, teenager who didn't have anything better to do and uh, just wanted to be really active in the community and help people out. Uh, so I think that kind of caught the attention of other people. And also because I was playing so much skull tag at the time, I, and I had, you know, quick teenager reflexes. I was actually kind of good, uh, back then, uh, not now, not so much, but, uh, back then I was, I was pretty damn good at skull tag and it, uh, attracted a number of pretty high profile players into what eventually would become my clan. Uh, 7th Cavalry. Uh, and actually, I remember that, I mean, that was just like, uh, you had Rot King in 7th. Um, yeah. Apothem, Benj, yeah. all these people that you would play them and you would just get destroyed by them on Skulltag. I mean, they were they were incredible. <laughs> and then even, even later on, I think you eventually convinced Karn to join, which I think was unheard of to have like the project lead or administrator to actually join a clan. That was a pretty big deal. It was a pretty big deal at the time. Um, and quite frankly, I uh, did uh, idolize Kern a little bit at the time. Uh, he was uh, you know, significantly older than me, and he had done work in the game industry before. Uh, so you know, that was something I kind of looked up to. And I was like, oh, man, this guy, you know, he's, he's got a dream, and he's realizing it. And uh, I just kind of want to be along for the ride here and learn what I can from him and, um, you know, help him make his games. And when he joined my clan, you know, it, I, I felt like, you know, 
as as a wide eyed sixteen year old, we were you know having uh, uh, a a pretty strong relationship there. And I was like, oh man, my idol is hanging out with me, and he's not my idol; he's a real dude any uh, now. And you know, we can work together and make games and stuff like that. So that's the uh, start of the whole skull tag drama here is uh, <laughs> when we became a couple, if you will. <laughs> I guess I would say for the most part I was doing, you know, I was made a super admin was a technical role, I guess on the skull tag forums and was answering all the questions was kind of, managing uh the community uh both on irc and on the forums and promoting events and things like that uh wasn't doing a whole ton in terms of development but i was doing a lot of testing and and getting feedback from karn or getting feedback to karn and uh you know just making sure that everything was going smoothly um for a while, I was. He asked me with help, you know, uh, uh, with animation things. So I was uh, making um, HUDs and and uh, you know pickup icons and things like that for power ups. And uh, he didn't really care too much for my art style. Uh, so uh, the Chubbs HUD was supposed to be. We were supposed to have uh, specific HUDs for uh, each each uh, skin in. Skull tag, and so the uh, fat doom guy HUD for thirty two and twenty four is actually uh, supposed to be Chubbs from uh, the fat doom skin from Skull Tag. So he did not uh, really care for my portrayal of Chubbs. Like he wanted Chubbs to be a little more like hard ass and less, less goofy looking. Uh, so I was <laughs> like, uh, well, you know. Eventually, I was like, well, I'm going to use this. I wasn't supposed to, but fuck him. <laughs> so, so this, was the, this is around year, what, 2005, six? Uh Yeah, probably 2004, 2005 is when all this was going down. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, on the side, Karn was looking to start his next game, his next commercial game, um, what would eventually become Rack. Uh, but it wasn't that really clear of a path, I suppose. He initially looked at licensing for a number of different engines because he wasn't going to go the route of, hey, I'm going to create the whole engine on my own. Uh, and wait, so, wait. so he had the plans uh, all the way back in 2005. It was um, not really a Rack-esque game, but he always wanted to... Uh, strike out and create his own first person shooter game. Uh-huh. And it, initially this was less of a, uh, uh, shall we say Mega Man clone, uh, that he intended, uh, rack to be the original rack and more of a multiplayer focused thing. And he was, I think going to focus a little bit more on the net code side of things, uh, and add features as a multiplayer game. Um, Really, this wasn't a great time to be creating arena shooters. You know, arena shooters were starting to wane at that time. Uh, and he was kind of still interested in pursuing this route, but he, he wasn't giving me too much in terms of detail. He was just like, hey, I need more information about like a base to start from. 
So let's, you know, enter all these conversations, do some research for all of these engines. And so primarily I was doing that. Uh, I was getting in touch with a number of different companies, including id Software, you know, emailed back and forth with uh, Todd uh, Hollinshead over and uh, Carmack a little bit over at id and talked about uh, licensing one of the Quake engines for the game, you know, seeing what cost was involved in that, things like that. Yeah, so that's kind of where I was, and uh, Karin and I were beginning to get closer. And uh, so as the well-known story now goes, uh, I was working with Karn on, you know, some skull tag related thing. And he sends me an instant message. And uh, this instant message is from his mom's aim account. <laughs> and his uh, mom's aim account was Texas lamb chop. Um, this for obvious reasons was hilarious. <laughs> and I decided to, you know, just poke him a little bit. I'm like, oh, hey, hey, how's it going, Lamb Chop? And he lost his shit. Uh, he said, don't, don't ever do that. Don't, you can't talk about this. So I maybe poked the bear a little bit. And, you know, a few weeks later on IRC, Karn was hanging out. And, and Karn had... Um, Karn had a tense relationship with trolls at the time. Uh, not that he ever had a very good relationship with trolls. He's not kind of the the sort of guy you would be looking to to you know be calm in the face of a shit poster. That was never his kind of mo. So he was kind of in a little bit of a pissing contest with uh, a lot of people from UD. Uh, so a lot of Unidoom people were getting you know banned. Um, and, Seems you know, to be a common thread. Well, I mean, <laughs> this is this is still when UD was uh, uh, home. UD's home field was still the demon, right? This is before the the great migration. Because, well, uh, I mean, some of it was, but like Ace of Spades, for example, was a huge part of the Skulltag community, which is, I think, true. where you're going in this conversation. A little. No, but I mean, th- this was before the Ralph is Kilgore great drama. Right? Mm. This, no, no. This no. was after. But it was, yeah. it oh, was before okay. he had uh, settled down uh, anywhere port-wise. So he was kind of experimenting uh, with uh, screwing around in Skulltag. And actually, there's a great like video that Mancubus, uh, Mancubus 2 created. Um, or Mancubus II, I suppose. And it was like a Doom Wars thing. And it was the old school uh, Star Wars intro scroll uh, with the uh, you know Star Wars fanfare music, talking about how this epic battle would go down between UD and uh, <laughs> Seventh, and um, yeah, it, it was a beautiful thing. It was uh, a great time to be alive. Yes, yes, that's still on YouTube somewhere. Actually, like they muted the audio for a while, and now it's back up because you know things have changed. So you can find UD Wars uh, somewhere on YouTube. Essentially, yeah, UD was uh, getting kind of banned on mass at the time, or UD adjacent people. Uh, I'm not sure that Tom D was UD at the time, but he was kind of like one of those guys uh, who, you know, stirred up a little bit of shit here and there. And I was a lot more tolerant in my, you know, admin style than Karn was uh, to, you know, people who were a little bit more agitating and a little bit sympathetic to the agitators. Like they weren't really hurting anyone. And 
most people, mostly people were having a good time and just, you know, giving each other a hard time a little bit. So, uh, one day on IRC, I say, Hey, Karn, how's Lamb Chop doing? And, uh, I find that in almost an instant, all of my admin privileges on IRC and the forums are stripped away. <laughs> so, so I went from, he never really banned me from Skulltag, uh, but, but he did, you know, strip away all my positions. And I was like, well, how, what the fuck, buddy? You know, this, this is just a little joke. I wasn't really meaning to insult you here. It was just, can you not take a your mom joke? Is this really where we're going here? Are we yeah, going to terminate this relationship over <laughs> mama joke? That's what I wanted to say, that your career has been ended over a your mama joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think, I mean, I I don't want to talk shit on Karn because, you know, he probably thought that I was trying to be more hostile about it than it came across. But I, I will say that Karn kind of has a history of being a little bit paranoid when it comes to the other people he works with. He gets really, really close to people and uh, they feel very comfortable with him. And then all of a sudden something flips with him and the relationship is terminated. And um, that's not unique to me. Uh, a lot of people have come to me, you know, since, uh, since Tales from Texas has been a thing and been like, Hey, yeah, this is, uh, this is something that happened to me as well. This is basically the exact story of what I went. Well, not the exact story, unless your mom jokes, I guess. But um, yeah, we need to is... we need to introduce Tales of Texas actually because you, <laughs> okay, you just okay. cracked that open. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so basically, after I left my administrative roles in the Skull Tag community, uh, was ceremoniously booted. Uh, I started a comic with, it was mostly just for a, um, like a troll message board, uh, for the butt chaps clan. Um, cause around this time we're talking like 2006, 2007. Um, I basically started multi-clanning with everyone. Like mm -hmm. it was just fun at that point in time. Like I, I didn't have like the, you know, whole conviction of, Oh, clans are super important. So, you know, seventh was less of an important thing. We had kind of fractured, uh, uh, kind of based on the termination of the shy current relationship. You know, people were starting to go to different clans. A lot of people went to Unidoom, you know, I, uh, I was in Unidoom, I was in Jetsons, I was in Butt Chaps, and uh, Butt Chaps uh, had, Butt Chaps was, of course, a joke clan, uh, and, you know, we had... So was, so was Jetsons, right? So, like... Yeah, 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 yeah pretty much. And Unidoom. Well, Butt Chaps was born because on uh, April Fool's in 2005, uh, UD decided that... Uh, Deathzor was going to take over the clan and kick Ralphus out, and then, you know, all all fake drama. And then they they split off into like two clans. There was or three. There was UD, UD two, and Buttchaps BC. Right. So yeah, I think I was I must have been thirteen. So of course I was like, huh, Buttchaps, I'm going to go join them. So 
<laughs> Wait, what's your butt chaps name again? I, I was I was killing John. Oh, I was just butt chaps human bones. You know, <laughs> I, oh, I didn't try uh, to hide it. Yeah. No, every, almost everyone in butt chaps had fake names. People who kind of <laughs> stayed in. But so like Tom D was like ninety nine fracks, and he still he still prefers to go by ninety nine. Um, you know, yeah, everyone had really stupid names, and and the BC website. I'm not sure if we can get a uh, copy of that BC website, but it's out there, and it's like one of those like kind of Angel Fire esque websites that has like a trailing mouse trail and like you know like an animated mouse trail, and like it causes seizures and animals, yeah. Right, and we've got like huge, like close-up pictures of very ugly people as our as our you know profile members. So like, yeah, this, this is my fake picture is you know just of like a middle-aged guy covered in zits or something like that. <laughs> that fucking uh, avatar that Nautilus has used for twenty years is up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so that's you know basically Nautilus in real life now. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Butt chaps had a uh, f- yeah, like a Futaba two chan style of four chan style of image board um, that was butt chan, yeah, very creative. Um, and butt chan was where uh, I started posting Tales from Texas comics as just ship hosts that were intended pretty much exclusively for the butt chaps audience of ship posters. Uh, and, um, it was me. That was like the first four or five of them there until, uh, Aka who ran the site, converted it into a, uh, thumbnails porn site. And actually I think made a decent amount of money with, uh, converting, but, but Chan into a porn site. So, so that, that was where, uh, tales from Texas came tales from Texas of course, is uh, the story of Lamb Chop and Karn Barn, uh, so Carnival and his mom, who, uh, spoiler alerts, Carnival lived, or probably still lives with his mom, and uh, just kind of the adventures that they got into. The first one was actually called The Adventures from Texas, uh, before I thought of the alliteration of Tales from Texas. So Tales from Texas eventually started as a vehicle to kind of crack a couple of jokes about Karn, but it evolved into a wider, you know, criticism of community drama. I wasn't really focusing on Karn except when Karn did something really goofy. It became, it became the peanuts of Doom. Right, yeah. <laughs> or at least the multiplayer Doom scene because right, you know, yeah, if, right, if yeah. you if you put the you know someone who's been a Doomer for a really long time and they don't have the multiplayer side of things, they, they would have no idea what's going on. Uh, but even for some newer multiplayer car- uh, players who kind of have some of, have heard some of the legends of some of these older people who are still in the community, they're looking at it and they're like, oh, oh yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Uh, so we have a lot of people who are fans of the comic who have no fucking idea who I am, uh, which is great. I, I actually like it. Like some some of those some of those people are just uh, names now because like uh, a lot of people probably like the the younger people don't know who like who Zanero is who uh, <laughs> Lele is like <laughs> all these names just just weird characters. Well, I think I never referred to uh, Zanero 
little, you know, Zen moniker, even though he wanted to, because very early on, I mean, and, and I can't, yeah, it was Droideka Droid 133 was his full title. And I thought it was a goofy as shit name. And he kept on trying to change his name. So he was like, uh, I'm a Goonie now. Uh, you're, you're a Goonie. No, you're DD. No, I'm, I'm Zen. No, you're DD. And I still call him DD to this day, uh, which is kind of yeah. Made of me. The ironic but, thing is, I think he's had about 133 different nicknames since then. <laughs> well, he's stayed with Zenero for a very long. Time. He has, yeah. He's kind of settled so, on that. Yeah. So I, I really should be more respectful, but yeah, well, okay. okay. Speaking of respectful, right? So uh, actually, do and I did uh, recorded a podcast with Karn at mm-hmm. QuakeCon earlier this year, and. Um, my experience with him was not much unlike yours. You know, I got involved in the community, things happened, then I wasn't involved in the community. Um, and I went a long time without talking to him. But having spoken with him now, I think uh, I think he can maybe understand the the humor, the humorous side of, of the way that people act a little bit more now. I wish he had that perspective way back when but the thing that i like and kind of respect about you is that yeah you've made you know tales from texas you've done this you've done that but you still kind of try to understand karn as a person and you feel like you're you're still friendly right i mean you 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 don't talk to each other nearly as much as you used to but i think you've mentioned that you you are still in communication with him yeah yeah I, i don't i don't really go out of my way to talk to him too much but uh from time to time, you know, I still have him team, so I'll I yeah, I've asked a couple times about you know how his current game is going and you know making sure everything's okay from that perspective. Uh he popped on to uh, a Discord a couple months ago and we're having back and forth about you know possibly running a skull tag 32 and 24, that kind of thing. So I would say that the relationship is uh, probably still tense, but I do understand a lot of uh, directions he's coming from, and uh, I really wish him the most success that he can have. You know, I feel like in a lot of aspects, he needs to get out of his own way, uh, and he's he's a really, really bright guy, and uh, I think he has everything he needs to be successful. And I hope he is really. Right. And to, to just uh, tie a bow on this arc, we should say that you released uh, Tales from Texas as a book that was uh, like four years ago, I think something like that. And this probably. is Dew's prized possession now. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm one of the probably two people in the world that bought it. It took uh, <laughs> Yeah, we we have. I think we have like four or five. Now. Four. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So so it took like a month to get to me. So of course, when when I traveled to QuakeCon this year, I took the book with me, and I was surprised to see Carnival there because I didn't know he would be there. So what happened was that I had everyone uh, from the Doom community there sign the book. So. Of course, I had to get Carnival to sign the book as well, and he did. He he called it the shit post book, <laughs> but he did. It's not wrong, <laughs> not wrong at all. And that was that was the the crowning achievement of QuakeCon. We we really closed a, an arc there. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, you know, having the photo, the whole signing, his, his signature reading, I hate everything. Um, <laughs> right, right. That was his, his uh, you know, dedication to the book. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. In, in a way, it felt like validation. But in another way, I was just so happy to see him playing along with the joke. Because really, what what can you do? at that point in time, like, you know, it's been going for so long and it still resonates with people that just have a sense of humor about it. I, I love getting made fun of myself. So <laughs> I, I wish him all the best with uh, the, you know, including, uh, you know, another piece of, uh, you know, fiction was inspired by that in that uh, scuba Steve actually made a very uh, detailed lifelike kind of, um, 50s pop art style uh, homoerotic drawing of Carnival <laughs> and I. And I was very flattered. Uh, and I have actually got it posted up in, in both my work office and my home office right now. So <laughs> I, I'm very thankful I have the kind of office environment that allows me to put, you know, gay fanfic on my walls. But, uh, <laughs> well, I love something those, to aspire to. Dreamy, yes. dreamy carnival eyes. Oh my god! Yeah, Karn Karn commented first thing that I believe his day was ruined uh, when he woke up and saw this first thing in the morning. And also, he said, "If you ever stare lovingly into my eyes like that, I will punch you." So, you know, I guess I'm getting punched next time I go to QuakeCon. I don't know. <laughs> So moving from from Tales from Texas, right? Right. Um, you then came up with the idea, or uh, you know, tell us about how you figured out thirty two and twenty four. Because okay. uh, just looking at Doom Wiki, this is two thousand seven. So this yeah. is actually very close after uh, this entire tangent you you just mentioned started. Then you come up with thirty two and twenty four. Go well because in the well in the past right <laughs> they had these teams of people that they they kind of like hand pick each other and they'd say okay let's make let's make a wad and so it's kind of like the same groups of people making uh, different wads and so you just kind of threw that threw that whole thing out and you're like all right let's just get anyone who can contribute a map let's, let's right try well especially in the multiplayer sphere there were a lot of clan produced wads right. Um, there were there were some of the handpicked groups, but mostly it was like clans who were good multiplayer players then producing and releasing their wads. So like even Seventh had one of these that was being worked on, and uh, Apathem actually made a uh, great number. He was he was what, like one of the pioneers in uh, weapon mods and multiplayer. Oh, is that and, how you uh, pronounce his name? I must have butchered that earlier. Apothem, Apathem, I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> it, it was before the era of voice really like, you know, talking to him and getting the actual accurate pronunciation. Yeah, he created uh, uh, one, maybe a couple uh, seventh-themed uh, weapons mods. We were working on other seventh map packs, um, most of which were just, you know, my wacky, like, acid kind of dreams of, like, what a multiplayer map should be with all kinds of jump pads and skill tag features and things like that. That has always kind of been my approach as a mapper is, like, you know, going to the far end of experimental to the point of it kind of being shitty. And that's always how I've been as a mapper. So I just kind of threw things together. I have a few other credits to my name for 
for this 2007 time period, but I was by no means a good mapper going into this. And um, 32 and 24, the original, was an absolute joke. It was literally ha-ha funny. Like, Deathsora said, um, hey, no, I said, hey, let's make 32 maps in 24 hours. Absolutely, it's a thing. It's happening now. We're going to post it on Doomworld, and we're going to get a team of people to make 32 maps in 24 hours. And it worked, which is the shocker. Uh, I believe it started on the traditional... No, it wasn't on midnight. It was just kind of around midnight on a Saturday. It took off midnight Eastern. I ran the mall out of Eastern. Essentially, we got enough people together. And people just hopped on from the thread from the foot traffic because it was a novel thing. Like, who the hell would do something this stupid? And uh, it turns out a lot of people would do things that stupid. And uh, I was very pleased. Results. I, you know, for a joke, it turned out to be a pretty decent joke. Uh, there were a lot of bad maps. Uh, mine, first and foremost, among them, because my whole shtick was, well, half-assed, can I produce a map, right, after I start this? And I think the, the first map was created in something like 13 minutes. Uh, and, um, it's not a good one, but, you know, it, I think it captured on a lot of people's kind of like, oh, hey, you don't have to try too hard. This doesn't like, you know, a, a really grueling, difficult process to doom map. I, it, it lowered a barrier of entry, you know, to a lot of people in the community who, a lot of people who hadn't done multiplayer mapping before or who had done mapping but had never actually fully released a map. And you know, this took some of the pressure off because there wasn't necessarily the expectation of coming in, you would have the highest quality product. And still, on the other hand, you had uh, contributions from people who would become uh, regulars and big names in the community. I mean, just looking at the map set of the first one, you get two maps from Asshole. You have a map from Rod King. You have several uh, maps from Dutch Devil, Tango, yeah. Uh, yeah. Zen, <laughs> Mechadon. So Ralphis. <laughs> and so 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 there you go. Like the, this is a pretty much an all star team making shit maps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a few of these guys were already big, but a, a lot of the people definitely came up through, you know, starting to release maps in 32 and 24. Uh, but some of them were already like, hey, these guys are making mul multiplayer maps. And usually that was like the Unidoom type people, right? Mm -hmm. Those were those were the people that I knew probably the best. And uh, they were willing to come in and, you know, check out the first stupid 32 and 24 uh, they subsequently soured a bit on it before kind of coming back on board. Uh, Rock King has been with us all the way, which I'm super happy about because Rock King's just like the best. He's just <laughs> goofiest uh, motherfucker. I would like to uh, ask: Is that is this was uh, was this conceived as a Skulltag thing, or did you like cross over to Doomworld? Because it's mostly been Doomworld centered, in uh, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I let uh, I let Dean, uh, sorry, Deathsor, uh, take the reins here, uh, and 
so I was like, well, what are the rules we should in place uh, put in place? And uh, Deathstroke was like, hey, we should probably just you know make it playable for all multiplayer ports. So let's just make it boom compat. And uh, the you know first several thirty two and twenty fours. Uh, and the majority of them over time have probably been in that boom combat format. Um, so this has always been doom world centric for the actual organizational threads, hmm. just because we didn't feel like we had, you know, as wide of a audience off of doom world. Like you could put it into a port specific, uh, forum at a time, but you weren't going to draw as many people. And we actually ended up drawing a lot more uh, single-player focus mappers than right. we expected to. But there aren't that many multiplayer mappers. And the multiplayer mappers are also the multiplayer players. And they don't necessarily post on Doom World. Doing it so we drew the majority of our talent from Doom World. And we also like advertised on other forums saying, hey, this is an event. We're actually doing this stupid thing. Come over to Doom World and post. Ended up providing you know some unintended kind of results but some some happy ones and yeah so so like okay the second one the second (laughs) one which was uh which came really close after the first one because you you really went like all out on these sessions in the first year right there were at least five of them or six maybe uh the second one was a single player one was that yeah. a decision like like because it's Doom World centric? Let's let's use Doom World mappers to to do single player maps where they're which is their home turf. Yeah, I guess the uh, real thought process there was well, fuck it, we could do single player, and most of the people who contributed, uh, we can do multiplayer. Most of the people who contributed do single player on the regular. Uh, we're just going to do a single player session. It should go even better. Um, but turns out I don't know really anything about single player mapping, uh, or, or especially didn't at that point in time and, uh, didn't realize a, that people would really want to take a longer period of time to make a longer playable map. Uh, that wasn't just like some, um, that was, that was a disaster. That session was a disaster. Just so everyone knows it was a horrible session. Yeah, yeah, low quality. <laughs> I mean, the, and basically, the I I take all the credit for it being low quality. Especially my maps are especially terrible, and I actually never actually requested it be released to the public. I wanted this kind of like just set aside as a failure. I wanted it relegated with all my other trashy product uh, projects that I've done in the past. And someone came and. Uploaded it without my permission onto id games, which. Uh, <laughs> but still, uh, we, just just to just to yeah. shame some of the some of the authors who who. who were <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I I was the main one deserving deserving the shame, but, but we have we have two two maps from asshole. Oh. We have we have we have torn. We have a rot king tango. Use three D, <laughs> <laughs> and we have nautilus. <laughs> But so, we only so got like what, what is it like thirteen? What's the lecture like? Like the the issue? Uh, like after this, did you realize that probably this the strength lies with multiplayer, which allows quicker uh, you know map making process? 
just just go ahead with whatever because that's that's my entire experience with uh 32 and 24 like try something throw it at a wall see if it sticks yeah i mean that was kind of where i've always been in the game development side of things it's just like i don't know just if i can do it and if it doesn't work we'll do something different next time and so i've i've always that game design philosophy and um you know the 32 and 24 is no uh exception to that so uh we went back to see you know if the first one was a fluke for 32 and 24 three at least right uh and i think what we do like duels or something like that um which you know I, i wanted to try i was like okay these Traditionally, big maps aren't going to be something that works very well. So let's try like smaller dual arenas. Maybe we can increase the quality and increase the uh, turnout of you know players and, and completed maps. And um, I would say it probably increased the uh, it increased the turnout significantly. Like we had a lot of people contribute to it and bring maps, and it was very very hype. But, you know, the actual quality of the maps was a steep decline, I would say, from the first 32 and 24. So, well, I, I love the trajectory, right? So you get to 32 and 24, 3, and, you know, it works out really well, much better than the first two. Um, and then when you get to 4, like the, the timing on 4, which was the CTF one, and oh. the beginning of the International Doom League was kind of like almost like Kismet, because we had been stuck playing like kind of the same CTF maps uh, for a couple of years. And so, bam, here's like 32 CTF maps or more than that, you know, that we can play. And a lot of those maps became like classic uh, maps right, that are still yeah. played today. I, I should say that uh, 32 in 24, 4 is, is uh, kind of the underdog of the entire series. It has. It is probably valued by the authors uh, who made the maps less than by the players because four is uh, esteemed by a lot of CDF players, even though there's a lot of uh, throwaway project uh, uh, experiments that didn't work. There's also a lot of classics that were played in CDF for years and are still considered like classics and are imitated in uh, newer maps. That's, that's what I was saying with, uh, with uh, throwing stuff at the wall. This is, yeah. these, this is exactly what uh, uh, exemplifies that, that uh, concept. I was very surprised to find initially that, uh, first of all, Forb was not successful in the public arena. And, you know, on pub servers, no one really played it. And then, like, a couple months later, someone came back to me. I'm not sure who it was. And they're like, hey, we're uh, getting some of your maps from 32 and 24 uh, for in heavy rotation in private CTF. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Um, you know, IDL, like you were saying, was just really becoming a thing. Um, I was actually, I think I was on the first season of IDL with the with the worst team in the league. Uh, yes. Yes, you were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I wasn't too was far behind fun. you, so. <laughs> well, we, we had, uh, we had a lot of issues. So that, that was snacks, shy Nautilus and X10. Uh, 
And oh uh, uh, yeah, so Metalhead. Yeah, Metalhead eventually ended. The team fell apart. Basically, my brother Exton ended up uh, never making it to a practice. And uh, I think the final roster included no one from Shy Nautilus and X10. It was like Metalhead, like Tom D, and someone else. I don't know. It was it was a weird uh, jumble of people because we basically dropped out because uh, uh, we kind of feuded with each other as as a mapping team or as a then, uh, as a CDF team. Yeah, and back in those days, it was like a season was ten weeks long. So once you're zero and seven, like what what are we doing here? You know, there's no point. Yeah, uh, I hope it was fun for whoever we kind of left off there, but uh, it was not fun for us. <laughs> well, basically, I, I would probably say that the reason this wasn't a hit with public servers and it actually made uh, success in private servers and especially in in IDL is that in public servers. At that time, you just played the entire what uh, as it as it went with yeah. all the maps. Like uh, people didn't filter out maps; uh, they weren't using map lists at that point. Uh, yeah. So basically, they played all of the shit, all of the all of the crust that just weighted it down. Meanwhile, in private plays, people weren't afraid to just you know. Jump across shitty maps, go to the good ones, uh, you know, call boat, everything. And, of course, in IDL, you would only have picked out the the good ones, which, like, s- some of these maps are have actually been used in, in like, uh, playoff home field picks. Uh, even uh, the Master Bowl picks were just, like, th- that's the probably, like, the, the ultimate... Uh, honor for a CTF map to be to to be the the master ball pick. Uh, I mean, map thirteen by Rod King. Uh, I'm I'm not going to try to pronounce this because as a as a thought as a thought. DK bopping bases, bopping bopping, boppers. I can't even do it anymore. (laughs) Yeah, as a cost decayed base of bopping. And of course, there's uh, map thirty one by Tango. Mountain Zero, which became kind of yes, let's like all the just villain. stop and thank Tango for that. Thank you, Tango. <laughs> uh, that became uh, over the years. It became the villain of, of uh, CTF maps because yes, I have arthritis uh, now, Tango. Thank you. He he said he never made a CTF like he didn't even understand the concept. He just made a map and it became a complete hit. It became basically uh, a concept of, of its own that's been copied over and over by many other mappers and and even like players who who should know better. It's such a simplistic concept and it's just throwing SSG shells at each other, but it's it's just it's just so popular. Yeah, and I think that's one of the benefits to bringing in fresh blood and who, you know, necessarily wasn't ever told, no, you can't do this. Like, mm-hmm. they, they weren't given rules, you know, very detailed rules, especially at this point, uh, saying, no, this is definitely pa, you can break this rule. They just didn't really know what the hell they were doing and stumbled onto some great stuff. And that, to me, is just the most pure expression of you know mapping right yeah and then like close after that uh there was there was uh 
uh, 32 and 24, 5. Uh, and I, I kind of see this. I'm, I'm probably going to piss off Scuba Steve, but I see this as the, uh, the principal uh, flaw of that time of, of the way CAC awards were run because 5 got a CAC award while 4 mm. was completely ignored. And five, I I don't think anyone in this day and age would consider five a good map set. Like it was okay. Uh, well, you know that was that was the one I contributed seven of the maps to, seven of the base layouts. <laughs> so I understand. Um, no, I actually have very positive feelings about five because it kind of changed the workflow. Five is maybe not necessarily the best in terms of how it plays. Uh, but it is, I think, the most important to me personally in terms of the process of actually uh, creating okay. and how it evolved. So, again, probably not the best results, but the way that the process changed is uh, we made we broke it off into two sessions right like so, so it was moving from the quick shit posting to the professionalized process of making things work uh on a like uh, a, a deeper yeah we uh, wanted to what was the word i'm looking for <laughs> well i mean really we were looking to detail our shit posts so we <laughs> we started off like you know i i created seven layouts in 24 hours uh, with the expectation that they were not going to be the best layouts in the world and there would be refinement done. Uh, and I actually really like what some of them turned into, but we also came from the tact of multiple people working on one map, mm -hmm. uh, which prior to this, it was pretty much only each person finishes their own map and then you're done with it. Uh, you know, we didn't have any sort of play testing whatsoever. Uh, it was just released, and that's what you got. Um, and now, between the you know the previous sessions and the fifth session, now you had this kind of hour long or hour long week long pause where you could go in and you could look at some of the maps, you could uh, change things around, you could get new ideas. But also, we made it mandatory at that time that every map had to be detailed by a person other than the original person who created it. Uh, so in some instances, you got multiple people. Um, and, you know, it did take significantly longer than, you know, the single day process because you had this week to pause and then you had another detailing session. But visually speaking, the project was much more interesting and it got people of lower skill levels and people of higher skill levels in terms of mapping to collaborate, um, which is super important. You know, you got these exchanges of ideas uh, in a way that you really didn't get with the previous mapping structure. And, and I do want to point out that like a lot of big multiplayer packs in the time before 32 and 24 and, you know, in the previous couple of years before it, were like multi-year affairs like people would contribute to these packs over years and years and you know they'd be doing exhaustive play testing and refining things down and 
you know, tweaking all of the visual elements. So things like, you know, from the UDM series were not an overnight affair, like what we literally became uh, in 32 and 24. So to me, 32 and 24, five is most important because while the results are perfect, it really put into play a lot of the things that would later become hallmarks of the projects and make them a lot more playable, which mm-hmm. eventually do. That's where you'll come into the story. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. But I, I stand corrected. Like uh, I, I actually, uh, yeah, should temper the hot take uh, because yeah, f- the problem with four is that at, at the time, no one could see how some of those maps would become extremely successful in the CDF community. Like I, I, because there's so much like crap in it that you don't realize that there's also a a few real gems in it that, that just stood the test of time and will be played forever, uh, at least until doom is played. So yeah, probably like if, if five is just this, this step forward, then I, I agree with you. Yeah. It, I, to scuba's, credit he was looking at it from less of a multiplayer player standpoint and more of a hey this is a feat in terms of you know the organization behind it and how a product with this complexity was able to get released in such a short period of time because that was not something that happened in doom prior to this you didn't get something with that kind of shall we say visual fidelity I, i don't know if the prettiest thing in the world, but for the standard of the time uh, mm-hmm. and the speed that it took, it was very, very pretty. Yeah, uh, but let's 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 shit on Scuba some more. He did give uh, <laughs> a cat award to Crucified Dreams, which is that's shit. very true. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> so All when right. did uh, when did you get involved with? Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of, uh, yeah. you, you participate in the the really the critiquing of the maps in that right. that pause period, that. right? Yeah. yeah, because there's okay, there's diet. Uh, the next one that there was another take on single player, and I guess I would say like I, I don't know. Do you have any any like feelings about diet? Like like did you uh, try to like uh, repair uh, the impression of the failed uh, two session? Well, yeah, some of the, you know, lessons I learned from two is that, A, you're not really going to have multiple submissions from multiple people. Uh, so If it's I, single player. If it's single player, yeah. yeah. I, so I had to really temper my expectations. Diet was like, okay, we want to focus it so we have higher quality maps. I now know a little bit more about, you know, the actual mechanical process of doing single player mapping. So let's use what we learned from five and use what we learned from two and kind of uh, put the two together. And, uh, you know, it's not amazing. It's not great, but it's fun and it's goofy. Yeah. And I, I I have to say like, at first I love the goofiness. Like it's, it's, it's a very playful map set. It's also all of the maps that maps in it are like uh, popcorn stuff. They really flow quickly, and you have just a short amount of fun. I would say they're like uh, they're better at this short fun stuff than 
uh, another gimmicky small map set project, which is uh, Congestion, the 1024 limitation project. This actually kind of has more fun with itself than just being technical about the gimmick. And I have to say, I spent like half of 2009 grinding Diet CT, uh, Diet tw- uh, 32 and 24 uh, speedruns. Hmm. I have a lot of records on those maps. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, that one's my my secret favorite, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am very surprised to hear that, but uh, not displeased. <laughs> I, a lot, a lot of love went into that one. I mean that that was that was one that was very fun for me. I like the stupid billboards, the ideas. You know, it was supposed right. to be like I love those. <laughs> it was also supposed to be like kind of a stupid meta commentary on like consumerism and things like that. Just you <laughs> yeah. know, and part of part of what comes into it is the quick disposability of the maps. Right, it, you use the word popcorn and it's supposed to be fun and quick and easy. And, and that was the entire point, just like watching a dumb blockbuster movie, you know, like a Marvel movie or something like that. And if you, uh, if, if you see Caco Cola, that's where it comes from. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so uh, I will skip six because I don't know much about six, to be honest. <laughs> and that then came seven, which was another uh, CTF affair yeah and this one uh, actually managed to win another kick award and that that was definitely like when you when you're explaining the process uh, set up in in five this is definitely on display here the 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 way that someone makes the design and someone else details it well, yeah this With this, this is, one too from a competitive standpoint again you got like three, four, maybe five maps from here that became right. quite popular. But I also think that it fell into a trap of trying to to then like uh, take advantage of the fact that we were having public CTF servers with like 25 people in them. So a lot of the maps really only work when you've shoved, you know, 20, 25 people into them. This, this, it went to the Magnum Opus territory where some mappers yeah. tried to make the maps way too grand for it what it should be to be a playable CTF map like it it was a it was a cathedral it wasn't a map yeah no uh, it, it definitely got a little on the overindulgent side for a great number of the maps there and um you know it was one of those things where visually i was very pleased and i was very proud of the mappers for you know just turning it into art from basically a series that started as shit posts Shitposting as art really needs uh-huh. to be like the uh, the kind of theme here because that's that's I, I, how I, I wonder if there's like some there's probably some hi- historic uh, trend here where uh, this over detail thing uh, kind of overlaps with the entire over detail stuff that was happening in Z Doom mapping at that same time. Like this is probably about the same time the Tormentor guide got the the worst. Uh, project kick award or whatever it, it was called. Like you know, it's it's it just all fits in. It was just in vogue at that time. <laughs> yeah, and and we even made fun of that a, a 
bit in the diet 32 and 24. I, be- I believe there was a billboard that was Nick's Bakery that have had Nick <laughs> Baker's over-detailed bread. <laughs> and then you went and made an over-detailed CF set. <laughs> uh, it's, it's true. Yeah, this, I, you know, I, I, I am definitely, if you've seen any of my maps, I'm definitely not the culprit person making them over-detailed because I couldn't detail to save my life. Uh, really, right? Like, yeah. I, my early career was like, oh yeah, Green War aesthetic. That's great. I can I can imitate that. I, I could not. Um, but uh, but yeah, this and also Green War Two, which is probably around the same era, um, right? And by similar people, really do suffer from the over detailed uh, woes here. You know, Green War Two, I I consider to be one of my absolute favorites because it was the basis of a lot of those maps are very very fun. It's not like the hit factory that the original Green War was, uh, but you know, Hellbent was my favorite mapper for a long period of time. Green War Two is where I come into the story because uh, I was I was asked to to you know provide testing on that. And that's so. So that's when I actually entered, like the 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 story, the process that eventually led me to thirty two and twenty four. Although there was a another story plot twist with that. <laughs> so so I I wasn't super cognizant of your contribution on Green War Two. I assume you're just doing testing. Yeah, I was te- I was basically like invited in because I was from the competitive community, uh, yeah. and a lot of the mappers were not really competitive enough to to you know assess everything. So I came in and I started giving them like yeah exactly the uh, you know I started critiquing the the over detail stuff. They uh, the first thing, pretty much the first thing I told everyone was that they were using bumpy floors. Yeah, which was an absolute hell. Which means basically, uh, in in uh, like Skulltag, uh, Zendronum, modern GZDo, you have more uh, control of jumping or air control when you run over tiny detail on the floor. Uh, but in the old Zendrooms, or like even in in vanilla or whatever, that shit will completely throw you off. Uh, any control you have, and you will just slide over, and you won't be able to control movement. And this yeah. is this was everywhere, everywhere in that map set. So yeah, I had to pretty much like tell them, nope, you you guys have to remove all of this floor detail. It it just won't work. Yeah, and a lot of this was uh, between the mappers and between Hellbent Grotug. Hellbent was well. Hellbent on uh, uh, there not being any floor <laughs> detail. Yeah, he uh, ended up being interesting to work with. Uh, you know, there was there was a lot of just you know he he definitely wanted it a very specific way and was very hesitant to give up. Um, you know, a whole lot of control over to us in terms of how. Uh, we okay. everything out. I actually have like uh, the inside story on this. Basically, he yeah. is a guy who uh, like Green War. The original Green War is one of the most popular FFA map sets out there. I I, I praise it every day. Like that's that's my god FFA. What it's really great. 
But it should be said, it harvests uh, a lot of, you know, designs from the original iWords. So uh, it's not original mapping for a, a lot, like a lot of those maps are, are yeah. featuring uh, some design from the original maps. And uh, it should be said that he made, he, he is a, like, he's a generator of maps. Like he made hundreds of them. And then he picked out uh, the best 32 for Green War. And they were really, really great maps. And then he made Armega, which was like Green War B-sides, like, like the, the, the second best 32 of the hundreds he made. And you can see the huge quality drop-off there. So like he definitely... like. He actually kind of made the same approaches as 32 and 24, that he just mass-produced a lot of shit. And then he saw what stick, and then he used that for, for, the, for the good project. And Armega is not a good project. It's, it's the B-sides w- with all of what that uh, uh, you know, encompasses. Yeah, I hear that. And you know, definitely to... Uh, had a lot of B said. I think there are just a couple maps that are just straight up in Armega that are also in Green War 2, but detailed. Uh, wasn't it like that he provided a pool of his uh, crude designs for Green War 2, and people actually like went in and picked the designs they liked to yeah. work on them? Which is absolutely sure, but that means uh, there was there was like a the filtering process was on that. Uh, a mapper went in and said, I want to detail this map. And there wasn't the, the filtering process Green War had, which was these maps aren't as much fun to play on. Right. They were a bit pre-filtered. So um, when Hellbent, uh, I, I came to Hellbent to get this project started because I really wanted to see what a detailed Green War would look like uh, using our 32 and 24 five process. And uh, he was like, okay, and here's a pool of some of the best candidates that I have. Uh, so he was still doing some filtering, and uh, he was doing a lot of testing on all of these maps uh, the same way that he always had done. Uh, I believe he was doing a lot of 1v1 testing with, uh, uh, I think the guy's name is R, his friend. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, and, he, wrote, he wrote this insane... Uh, like 14 pages long PDF file, <laughs> which uh, was insanely critical of, of the changes that have been done to uh, Hellbent original designs. And like half of it was about a, a map Rod King detailed, and it was centered around the fact that he removed one of the uh, the, the dead th- that that tree uh, the, the tree stump. Uh, decoration from <laughs> one of the maps, and it was literally like uh, several pages of whining why that tree was crucial to the map's balance. And I kid you not, that was that, that was PhD tier uh, analysis. That guy should have a PhD in Doom <laughs> just for this. I'm not saying he's good at actually. <laughs> because I completely disagree with everything he said, but he should have a PhD. Yeah, no, he he, <laughs> he put the work in, and he you know the, those maps are as much his baby as they are Hellbent's. 
Um, you know, Hellbent may be the one creating them, but the two of them clearly have a very uh, great testing relationship. You know, it's worked out well for them. I personally think that a lot of the resultant maps that were, um, you know, heavily detailed that ended up in uh, Green War 2 aren't so bad, but it depends on what port you play them in. Especially in Skulltag at the time, I, I thought that they played well. My, uh, and I I've gone that. back recently and played them on and uh, you know what? I had I had a really fun time with a number yeah. of the selections. I, I um, still think uh, school, uh, Green War Two is a good map set. Its its actual problem is that it mixes uh, too many genres into one. What uh, it starts with dual maps. the The first few maps are small dualish maps that if you if you stick like four six players into that, it's too much. And then the second half of the ward is actually large FFA maps that need eight players minimum. So, like, if you if you're just running with with the same amount of players, and you rotate through all of the maps, you will either hate the first half, but you will hate the second half. And there's like no way around that. Your only chance is that you're playing like public players starting and then people join in later as you go to the uh, bigger maps yeah. but h- how much of a chance is that like it's it's just uh not focused enough for uh you know what it should be it should be split into two wards actually uh, and war this tool, is green war ffa this has always been a challenge in terms of compiling um, projects that are from a wide variety of different mappers uh, or, you know, from a wide pool of different types of maps uh, is that in the compilation stages, like map order is something that is very frustrating to deal with for the compiler who's, you know, we've got all these individual maps and now we need to rearrange them appropriately and, you know, get all of the map info sorted out and all the titles and things like that. Realistically, we never settle on a consistent way to break them out. And I think we've done it based on visual themes at times because so many of the mappers are very visual people. Uh, mm-hmm. who are, you know, very drawn to the details. You know, uh, people like Mechadon or Essel who are creating these masterpieces of, uh, you know, visual art. And they don't necessarily come at it from a remotely similar angle to the people, people who are hardcore uh, competitive community people. So, like, I have been thinking, my my thought process more recently has been leaning towards let's get let's group the maps of similar sizes together so you can do like the latter half of a wad as an ffa and the earlier half is like a uh you know smaller more focused competitive thing um has become less of a problem our most recent installation where everything was kind of targeting 3v3 v3 but yeah, and, uh, and we of course uh, uh changed course towards uh, putting the the best maps towards the front, uh, and basically just we need to showcase uh, the good stuff, have the, have the average stuff in the middle, 
and tailgated with the shit posts. <laughs> I mean, that's always been something of a quality of maps, but who was grading the, uh, you know, what was considered the most quality was not always the same. You know, for example, um, I would usually put thematically like my most favorite maps first, like like let the burgers hit the floor, for instance, might right. not be the best technical map, uh, like in terms of deathmatch ability. You know, might not be the best map in the wad, but it also thematically encompasses everything about the wad so well that why could why should that not be map? Yeah, or what? Yeah, yeah. That's what I want people to see, uh, and so. And we've right. always kind of tried to filter the joke backs maps to the back, but earlier on in the process, we didn't have anyone to tell us, okay, from a competitive person's standpoint, this is what works the best. Mm-hmm. So now that you said that, uh, let's roll in 32 and 24, which is when I actually got involved with <laughs> with uh, the projects because... Uh, that actually happened. Like, like this session happened. It it, it was a dual, uh, it was a dual session, and uh, I was like, I was heavily involved with the demon competitive community back then. I was the tournament admin and everything. And my fellow tournament admin, Cybershark, he was like, "You need to see this," and he dragged me into a server that was running a, a beta of. 32 and 24 9 or the first release or whatever it was and we played through the maps and i was fucking livid i i was i couldn't believe what i was seeing it was so horrible <laughs> and i was just riffing on the map and then Cybershark went and and he used those uh, those things I said. Like he he literally like copy pasted them and, and posted them on Doomworld, <laughs> and they were they were really mean. I was saying a lot of mean stuff, <laughs> and th- like yeah, there was a backlash. Uh, there was like what what the fuck are you like? Why are you being so mean? We are just trying our best, and so so I had to like step in, and that was actually me saying those things. But I didn't want to back down because I still thought it was all <laughs> shit. <laughs> so yeah. I actually made like a map by map evaluation, but a really short one. Like it was just a, a, a one or two lines per map. I was I was vicious. I, I just slaughtered almost everyone. I, I liked a few of those maps, but I hated uh, the vast majority, and I was brutal. And then people were like, yeah, but we don't really know what we are doing. We are trying our best. Shouldn't you be more supportive? And then I was like, maybe. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then when the next session came, I basically installed myself as the quality uh, assistant uh director or whatever <laughs> i don't know what how to call it but basically when uh, all the maps came out I, I reviewed them and i told everyone how to you know fix the underlying problems like fix this and the map will be 50 percent better and yeah. that's how i i became involved with with the series <laughs> well and i think you, they, i think they needed someone like you to to kind of push things along or right. you know, help people along because they just didn't have that. I mean, like you said, you were kind of the 
the resident multiplayer person that you know everybody kind of knew for different reasons so like uh you said you got involved in nine i didn't really get involved until 11 occupy doom world i was running uh Odemex nitro which was the first like uh, multiplayer thing that um, Odemex was was hosting and so i kind of had a, the idea to um, join forces with 32 and 24 uh, to host essentially two sessions. So they would they would make their maps over the 24 hours, and then we would take that wad and run it on a session, have everyone come in and play all the maps. And then that during that pause week, people would be able to give um, criticism and critique all the maps, um, and then fix them. You know, and then you'd play the final one the following week. And I thought that that really increased the quality of the maps. I think when you have the opportunity, because you have to be able to reach out to a lot of people. I mean, that's the only way that you're going to get quality feedback. So I think it was really essential to be able to play all of the maps with like a large group of people uh, and kind of see, you know, what was going on to then influence, you know, the final version of the WAD. So I thought that that was a cool just a cool way of doing things, but definitely having you do come along and be that person that kind of pushed things and shepherded and, and that sort of, um, right. Yeah. Criticism. It's, yeah. It's, it's more the like, yeah, I was, I was needlessly, uh, on nine and then I was guilted into like helping with 10 <laughs> and then, then it actually became a job. And yeah, yeah, like for 10, that was just reviewing the maps that were uh, submitted. Then in 11, it progressed into like, I think 11 actually was the, the, the first one where like the times were extended to review the, the layouts. Like uh, yeah. uh, it wasn't just about detailing. It was also about the feedback like uh, changes to the layout based on feedback was provided. And yeah, it was, we had uh, Odemex sessions uh, to play test it. And to this day, actually 11 remains one of the most popular ones. Uh, and it got a CAC award. So like, yeah, there was a steep increase of like quality and I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm behind that, but yeah, that was a, it it had more popular reaction from from the community. I don't want to sound like I was the reason behind that because I didn't make a map and I didn't have anything <laughs> to do with uh, filing the wad. But you know, I threw it up on a server, so that's really why it got a cool. Yes, big deal. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it should be noted that during a good chunk of this time, like you know, six, eight, nine. Those were kind of sessions where my interest in the project was waning and I was uh, a little more interested in, you know, pe people would ask me to put the sessions on and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Here's a hype up picture and just go do your thing. Um, and so a lot of it was just inappropriately like me not really being there for the session, just, you know, drinking beers with my buddies and checking on the forum thread once in a while. And, uh, I believe there's one of them. I can't recall which one where the uh, uh, the console picture is just uh, Shaiko Ten in-game Team Fortress 2 uh, from Steam, a screenshot of that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm not proud of that, but 
we happened yeah. to get a lot of crappy 32 and 24s in that period. And because of my involvement was basically limited to I'm opening the ceremonies. I'm telling people, you know, what they need to do to compile and just kind of letting them do their own thing. And I wasn't interested. Yeah. It was like the, at that point, also the, the sessions slowed to like one per year, basically from the, the really fast pace in the first years. I was very burnt out from the fast pace. I mean, there, there was just too many, too many maps making in, in a year-long period, you know? Mm. 12 was actually, like, uh, returned to CTF, and that's probably, like, that's a, that, that session should be viewed as a failure, I guess, because it produced a lot of maps that are passable. Like, uh, on average, it's better than 4 or 7, but it didn't produce uh, a quality map that would stick in the competitive community, which is a shame. Like, on average, sure, uh, the quality, uh, you know, quality control process was there. Was there. <laughs> Stuff was tried to make things better, but it still didn't produce a single map that would stick in the community. Which is yeah, that, that's that, that's things <laughs> because I was already involved in the pro. <laughs> it's probably a more fun pub though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. can you can definitely play pub uh, session and people won't quit like they would in in four or seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I really look at it kind of fondly, but you know, again, like not outstanding for that one. Mm-hmm. Is it's a good pack, but you know, not didn't achieve greatness in any of those mm-hmm. kind of arenas. And uh, sometimes when you QA something to death, you know, it it loses part of the weird spark and charm that it had when it, people were originally making the layouts. Like people play it safe so hard that it's not actually interesting when it's produced. So you know, Thank it's. Him. And then came thirteen, the the, the big the big one, the the most famous one, <laughs> the crowning achievement. <laughs> Is that the most famous one? Yeah. Okay. The the like everyone remembers the burgers, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. We've we've had a couple of other burger themed uh, thirty two and twenty forms uh, for us, but I, I think this is the first time they've really successfully entered the maps. You know, the the maps now have burgers, maps have food. Uh, food has always been a part of mm-hmm. our team. It's, fucking food's great, man. Everyone needs to eat. It needs to happen. Uh, this is just when when it just uh, everyone ran with the joke, and everyone was just just. Uh, you know, trying to uh, put in the, the biggest food-related joke into the actual maps. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> visually, <laughs> like still good. Ma- they were still good maps, actually. There's a lot of good maps in that map set. The results were very, very pleasing. I forget who put that texture pack together. I'm not sure if that was another texture pack, but. I, I feel like I should drift back a little bit and say that um, Essel was absolutely instrumental in uh, getting the majority of the 32 and 24s out the door. And she 
did massive amounts of work on the texture packs and actually producing uh, the maps themselves. So Essel is is right. definitely this is uh, the, like this is like, the era where Essel was doing the 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 work before the session started and. Uh, the Green Herring was doing uh, all of the slavery on on uh, yes. assembling the wad. Actually, like uh, putting up the alphas and thing. Like absolutely, you know, and and they they, they both, Oh yes, yes, <laughs> for good reason. For good, it's not like he was not whining unduly. It was uh, pretty miserable work, and so I I always uh, I. I always love the work that all of our compilers do uh, because these things are a fucking mess to put together. Uh, so, and all the changes that we have to do after the fact. So I, I always want to make that job as easy as possible for them. Right. So uh, this is actually, yeah, this, this map set still gets a lot of play. It, it's still like picked for uh, various community sessions. It's, it even has like its own dedicated server. So this is one of the most popular ones. Yeah, get. I definitely pick from kind of the the middle of of where we are right now, like the middle of the thirty two and twenty four series. So like eleven through fifteen, I kind of go through, and I I can always find maps to use in like FFA tournaments or dual even dual tournaments. Like there's just a lot of stuff to pull from. So I thought the quality was. Uh, it it yeah. went up like to another level during this period of time. Yeah, it was because yeah, the process basically became that you create the layouts, the, the authors create the layouts, but then they actually have a grace period where uh, people like me or someone else can always chime in and tell, okay, this doesn't work. You need to change it in this and this way, and. Even though, like, it's against the 24 hours rule, basically, okay, the original layout was made in 24 hours, but now, do we just produce, uh, like, produce a shit map? No, we, we we try to fix it. We try to salvage it. So, salvaging these maps with like feedback became a part of the process, and that took like another week of of produce, and it just kind of elevated. The overall quality, even though like some people like DK, they say, nope, it, you should just toss it. If it's not a good map from from the first moment, it should just go away or whatever. <laughs> like, he's not a fan of the series, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, I, I still think it's elevated to uh, something that's really worth doing. Then came 14, which was, oh my God. <laughs> so 14 i mostly i mostly remember it for the memory behind it you know and and just the various humor and drama the joe Ilya hidden mm. cox thing i mean right yeah but what it was was that you basically decided that it's time to go back to single player maps yeah and uh and I don't just do a Christmas themed pack because yeah, why, why not? I mean, th- those those are kind of some of the cheesy ones I remember, from, you know, when I was a little kid to bring it back and the kind of shit that you could download uh, on people's Angel Fire sites were always the gimmicky, cheesy Doom wads that you know 
put snow textures in and you had snowman things that were, you know, just sitting there on the map and you had fucking Frosty sitting there. Like that kind of goofy thing is the doom I remember from like really early internet days. So to kind of take this theme and run with it was just you know, a fun yeah, little thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely, it's, it's one of the goofiest map sets uh, <laughs> that series ever produced. But yeah, it's like, uh, like adjustments have been made because everyone realized, yeah, if we want to produce a proper single player map set, it uh, has to have more of a, the quality control period. The, the grace period has to be longer. Because yeah, uh, it's ju- it just takes so much time to actually develop a, a single player what. Yeah. So what it became was my personal hell. <laughs> because I uh, because I I thought yeah we need to complete this as fast as possible so and it was like forty five maps or something so for a week. I did nothing but play single player maps from this uh, project over and over. And I was smelly and I, I was, I hated everyone. And I, I killed my, my uh, Christmas holidays. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of it, I fucking hated the project so much. (laughs) See, this is this is not the kind of thing that I traditionally pull my hair over. Uh, all, all of my work is is at the beginning and the ends of the project. So, uh, as as far as process is concerned, it's more you know the compilation, the administrative things, and very yeah, thankful I mean, to have someone like you who can uh, actually do all the work in the middle. Yeah, but like testing, uh, testing multiplayer words is like you you need to get pull someone into it with you, play with yeah. someone else. You just test it, then they say I need to go, so just parts their way, and that's it. But this, uh, I I just had like infinite time to test it, like mm-hmm. so 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 I invested infinite time into it, <laughs> and holy shit. Like uh, I'm, I still think it came out pretty well. I think it got uh, the honorable mention that year for Kakawart, which is like for a single player project. We nearly made it to the top ten, very nearly. That's pretty great. And I didn't influence that decision at all. By the way, like seriously, I I, I didn't even mention the project. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm a little shocked. Don't know that I felt like it was up to par with anything on the uh on the list that year, but you know, eh, go figure. It's always a surprise to me when when a 32 and 24 gets on to the Cake Awards because I've never been part of the committee or anything like that. Uh, uh oh, nor do yeah, I have interest. And and it's actually whole because I'm on the I'm the the guy who gives out the the, the multiplayer awards. Yeah. So there's, it's a bit un, uh, incestuous, like, but I'm, I'm involved with all of the fucking projects. So how, how, how do I, uh, you know, pull myself off of the project outside of just, just having someone else during right. the entire awards, but who would be like, like most of the people that w- could replace me would be in the same position. 
Like, like, the, the community is so small that the people who are like, uh, you know, who could judge on these things are already a part of those things. <laughs> it, it was it was pretty impartial in the early days when I did not play multiplayer. Uh, so I was, I was getting a kick award every year back then. <laughs> By the way, I, I think you're actually like the, the Yets team is actually possibly the most awarded entities in, in Kek Awards. If you think about it, it might be one of the most productive mapping teams sure. in the history I, of I Doom. Mean, but I mean, even the most awarded one. Uh, True. It's, it's prob- probably the, the Mechanics Union, DK's uh, mapping team, is probably at a similar number of GAC awards. So that means, like, yeah, when, when he's criticizing you, he's criticizing his biggest competitor <laughs> uh, for the. For, for for the most awards in history, <laughs> I would never I would never criticize that because I don't care enough. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's always. I mean, I know that Keiko words are a little bit of an incestuous affair, uh, but you know, it, it's typically like a pleasant surprise for me when I pop on. They usually come out actually on the same day as my birthday. Um, yeah, around like December 13th. So I come on and I'm like, happy birthday to me. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I really can't take too much credit for the success of any one of these projects because for the most part, it's, you know, my oh, compilers, my detail people. I mean, I, I am just the person who said, Hey, go do this. And but uh, in the end, it's the mappers. Like, like, for sure. I, I can prop myself up how, however I want, but in the end, if like the mappers don't do the work, it's nothing. It's well, seriously, it seriously comes down to the mappers, and they like they keep coming back. They they keep coming and trying like like just just make this shit in twenty minutes, and then see what. If it's and the fact, yeah, the fact that they keep coming back to like after they make this map, they receive all this criticism. Like they're open to, right? uh, They're they're open to changing things about themselves. Yeah, it's really it's a really cool part of the process. I don't know why they put up with that abuse. You know, it's terrible. Yeah, and and that's actually the the thing that yeah, when when I and criticized uh, uh, the ninth session. In the way I did, because it was like this is this is complete shit. Why are you even doing this? This is this is just abuse of uh, multiplayer players. Like, where? <laughs> why are you? Why are you thinking we'd play this shit? And we're and th- then they were like, well, but we don't know any better. Like, just teach us. And it was like, yeah, this this light bulb flashed, uh, you know, uh, lighted up, and I was like. Maybe I'm the bad guy in the story. <laughs> Maybe I should actually commit to this. Uh, the Doom community is just so unique in its kind of cohesion and dedication to people who are just willing to put in all kinds of free effort just because they fucking love the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, as a story to contrast, uh, it's, it's under the Bethesda umbrella now. So uh, early on in the Grim days, of a Skyrim uh, modding community that was doing like rehash texture packs and all these people thought that there was a payday for them and they were looking at it from the angle of like 
oh my God, I'm going to get rich. I'm going to get hired by a big studio for these textures that I created. Uh, and I was just like, okay, but can you contribute to the project? Yeah, I could contribute one or two of my textures, but these other ones I've already made, you can't have it in their compilation. Because if you ever modded Skyrim before, it's like you have to download like 500 mods to get your game looking amazing. Uh, uh, yeah. So, you know, my idea was just like, hey, let's get people working together. Working with that community, it kind of like set me straight on how good we have it in the Doom community. Uh, because the fucking prima donnas over there, man, there was, uh, you know, when like Steam had like paid mods for a little while and they came out with Skyrim first, like 10 of the people who were on my team were part of that paid mod scheme and trying to charge like $5 for their grass textures. It was mm. insane. And I just came back to the Doom community after I kind of gave up that endeavor and I was like, yeah. We have a great, we're, it's, it's a very, it's a fantastic group of individuals who just are willing to give up their time and effort to allow other people to have fun with the stuff they create. Like, can you imagine if Estel was like on a, a paper texture mode? Like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, where, where would we even be? <laughs> yeah. So I guess the moral of the story is a communist utopia <laughs> well you, you kind of cut out there but yeah i, I should repeat that yeah do make communist utopia yes yes <laughs> and to continue with that theme right uh i would be of course i've been waiting for the last hour to talk about this but uh 32 and 24 17 which mm-hmm. okay which was three-way ctf something that Nobody has played in over 10 years on any level of seriousness. And it just kind of popped into um, actually someone else, Dragon. He came to me and he said, well, why don't we do a three-way CTF tournament? And I was like, I wouldn't even begin to know how to do that. And then we took a look at the maps that were created in some of these wads. And they were just, I mean, most of them were terrible. Um, We picked out probably five that were worth playing. And I said, okay, I kind of had this idea, like, well, maybe I can convince Shy to do a 32 and 24. Right, that was, that was the first tournament that was run on the yeah. old maps. And I wanted like, to make ah. sure that it was viable first. So right, yeah. we did a tournament on these maps, and, like, we got 18 people to sign up. And I said, okay, I mean, that's, you know, these days, that's an accomplishment. Yeah, so yeah. I took, you know, I, I, I kind of made sure that I had sort of done my homework before I said, Hey, do can you help me get Shy to uh, convince Shy to do this? Um, so that's kind of how that project and started. It helped that, and it helped that the uh, the tournament was still actually a lot of fun, even on those shitty maps. Like everyone, that the maps were not good, but they still had a lot of fun there, and it was a it was a it, it was a good tournament actually. It was. And then to take that, so we took that and uh, to go back to your, you know, communist utopia commentary um, to to be able to then have you say, okay, this is what we're doing. And to get what was it? Thirty five, thirty four maps out of out of a concept that nobody really knew how to map for. (laughs) Oh, my God. Amazing to me. We had to we had to explain how to even uh, like people shouldn't make them 
in in the concept like yeah like the the uh, turn tool in doom builder that <laughs> you just you just turn things by 120 uh degrees <laughs> like yeah th- that's not it's it's definitely not easy and it they was st- and and they people so many people just pushed through that i was amazed it was an intensely stupid kind it had really no business working as well as it did and uh it ended up working very very well like mm-hmm. when we've been playing it you know you, you talk about how we were uh front loading kind of all of these high quality maps if you actually look at the maps that were being chosen for tournaments and the map, maps that people were voluntarily choosing to play, like they were in like the mid twenties, like, you know, mm-hmm. yes, we front loaded our quality, but there was so much quality throughout that. Yeah. It yeah. a good pub pack too. It's like, good. Like the, the front loaded stuff is in the first 20 picks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the, the huge show. Point. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, I suppose it helps in some way that there were just not a lot of expectations or preconceived notions going forward. But uh, some of the creativity that was on display there, with just uh, you know the the different um, oh, methods yeah. of getting to the bases, you know, working with portals and teleporters and things like that. Uh, the not you know so many of the layouts ended up looking like fidget spinners, but then you've got the weird ones that uh, did not end up looking like fidget spinners. I just I was uh, very pleasantly surprised with the output there, and, and it, was, uh, it was amazing because we went in with zero expectations. Like yeah, we had this idea that we're going to run uh, because we had some secret plans with it. Yeah, to to run it in MDF tournaments, but still like. Will this actually produce any quality stuff? And it uh, exceeded the expectations so much that yeah, I'm I'm still shocked about this project. I, I think the moral of the story here is going to run a 32 and 24 project. Uh, you need to come into it thinking that it's a joke, and as long as you think it's a joke, <laughs> then it will succeed. Well, it's really self indulgent on my part because. I was just thinking, like, if I can convince someone to do this project and it goes well, then I can just quit forever. And that'll be the best thing that I've ever done. Is it, I still <laughs> think this is great that we were able to get yeah. 20 Point to 25 this. quality maps on three-way CTF. And, oh, my God, the texturing, too. Being able to use uh, that texture pack. Oh, my God. Fucking yeah. amazing. Yeah. We, we didn't mention this yet, but we actually, like, this... This was the second project total that was allowed to use the Otex texture map pack, which uh, Otex is is huge. That this is a, a, a texture project by Ola Björling, right? Yeah, Ikaro. Uh and that's been uh, in development for like fifteen years or something like that. It's just an immense project. Uh, the the only project before this that actually was released using the, the uh, texture pack was Eve Eternity, which is which is making huge rounds. Like it's yes. that's that's one of the biggest releases of this year. And the second one was a fucking three way CTF project <laughs> thirty two in twenty four. Like it was. Uh, 
it's it's such a weird co- coincidence when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, and I gotta say, Ola was great to work with too. He, he was super receptive to the feedback we had. In, oh yeah, he, he and the edits that we made and uh, Wartorn like went through those uh, textures with a fine tooth comb to kind of yeah, find out and, like three color pairs that we could use. Ola actually added textures, uh, yeah. like like made sure that actually this was possible because some of the textures weren't quite uh, three way balanced, right. and Ola just added new ones. Yeah, like, like no problem. Yeah. So, so now, what 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 kind of uh, we've covered with thirty two and twenty four? You've covered a lot of ground in terms of different um, game modes and different you know, organizational styles. Uh, I know that they've become less and less frequent. Is there anything, you know, that you can look forward to and say, I know we talked a little bit, you know, in passing about potentially having a skull tag 32 and 24, you know, are there any ideas out there floating around that you could see that would actually get you excited to, to jump into another project? Yeah. I mean, but 32 and 24 always has kind of a. F- so, you know, I, I wait, always. Wait, you, you, you cut out right there. Uh, like a lot. Sorry. It's 32 and 24. Again. <laughs> you cut out again. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm watching as I cut out here. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting worse and worse. We'll, we'll leave Excellent. this all so people could. Yeah. Okay. Cool. cool. Whatever. No, whenever you're ready. So 32 and 24 has always had a bit of a flavor of spontaneity. (laughs) It's really fucking frustrating. No, sorry. It's just... 32 (laughs) in 24 (laughs) is spontaneous as fuck. Which is really what I was going for. So 32 and 24 has always been spontaneous in terms of what I am interested in doing in any given time. And, uh, you know, I they work better if if I care about what's being done. <laughs> I found <laughs> so. Right. Uh, so you're not so, just uh, in, you're not just the guy that provides the, the, the picture, but you actually because. I thought the the last one had an amazing production process. Like like you provided that uh, Google document with everyone. Like like here are the deadlines for uh, <laughs> like uh, here's when when the rules have to be completed. Here's when the uh, texture pack has to be completed. Like yeah, and here's who's oh responsible for these yeah. things and, uh, and who's going to be responsible for the, their, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Like like you get a whipping. Not, <laughs> job in this <laughs> deadline it was amazing like that was that was super cool thanks it, it ties in to kind of the way my professional life has shifted uh i've been getting more into project management methodology and i work as a project manager now uh so you know kind of tying that methodology i would use in my work to what i do in games production helps a lot because you know there's a reason people use these kind of 
formats and and methods of uh, managing teams. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like boring and button up and corporate, but it actually does work. So might as well utilize it. And it's not that hard for me to do. You know, like I, I take to that kind of community organizing a little bit easier than most people. Like most people are like, oh man, what you do sounds really hard. It must be like herding cats. And I'm like, no, it's just, it's just kind of how I've always been. So, 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 so should, so should yet be uh, renamed to yet's corp. <laughs> yeah. Yet's corporate <laughs> yeoman engineers and designers of corporation. Yes. <laughs> Does anyone remember who came up with Yeds? I thought it was, I can't remember whose typo it was. It was a typo in IRC. And I was like, is is everyone ready for the new 32 and 24? And someone replied, Yeds. <laughs> that is that the origin of that? <laughs> yeah, they, they were they were really excited and they were like, Yeds! That's our name now. That's our name. Sounds so, like a killing Blair thing to do. Might have been killing Blair. I feel like it could have been so many people. It could have been like YMB or Spadger or someone like that who I don't know that either and of them all of, these, all of these people are still around by the way yeah that's that's another thing about the Doom community I mean apparently our communist utopia works pretty well because everyone stays uh, there's, there's no turnover so there's no quitting you I can't mean, really truly you leave you can't especially now with discord and available on your phone at all times, I can talk to do oh whenever I yeah. please, <laughs> which isn't very often. Uh, but no, it's. I think it's safe to say though that thirty-two and twenty-four by itself completely revolutionized the way that we look at mapping projects and community involvement. Like I can't, like you said, uh, there there are some really prominent groups. You know, you have Mechanics Union. Um, I feel like they're a little bit more insular than, um, but uh, more like they they came from the same clan, while or mostly the the, the same sort of people who, who who were active in the particular uh, deathmatch scene in in Zendronum, while thirty two and twenty four, it was just like yeah throw your doom world mappers at us yeah i mean really anyone can join you don't even even need to know shit about right the mapping yeah. at all we'll we'll teach you how to doom map if- uh-huh uh so to anyone who's listening to this who might be interested just fucking join us next time it's fine there's no expectation you don't you don't even need to like produce anything you can just get involved and you'll learn a little bit something, and uh, you, uh, who knows, you might be good at it. At might worst, be. At the worst, your map will be, like, map 37. So what? Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, people yeah. will have fun with it. Even even if your map is shit, we'll have fun. Right, yeah. Eventually, someone is going to play it. At worst, you'll just receive a really long Discord DM from Do explaining why your map <laughs> is shit and what you need to do to change that. Uh, I'm 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 much more gentle these days. I I really don't don't really chew people out anymore. I really well, just... and, and I think it helps actually that it's not done face to face. It's it's more of like a public thing. So most of the feedback happens in uh, in public, yeah, like... in, in public, uh, mostly on the Doomer World Forum 
threads, but sometimes in the, uh, the 32 and 24 Discord, it's, uh, you know, we'll get right, all yeah, that feedback yeah. out on the table and anyone can learn from it. Yeah, it's but it's not just it, it's, itself. And it's not like a, a, a fucking uh, football coach yelling at a player in, in the locker room. You know, it's 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 more structured. It it has like it's I definitely whenever I write some feedback these days, I always try to structure it so that it's not just uh, feedback for for the player uh, for the mapper I'm actually addressing, but for anyone who will read it in the future. Yeah, that's I definitely try to be like future proof. Yeah. Uh, I will say that, uh, however, like a football coach, we will slap you on the ass when you make a good play. So, <laughs> no, but uh, actually, all, all the just old. Just don't dump me with Mountain Dew. <laughs> all right. <laughs> don't worry, we'll get you sticky. Um, <laughs> so, no, it's, uh, it's actually really nice to have the full uh, threads of all of these projects. Uh, still up and available on Doomworld. So thankful to Ling for uh, still paying paying the bills over there and uh, getting things uh, done admin wise. Because you know that's also another testament to the uh, longevity longevity of the Doom community. Because we still have Doomworld. You know, hasn't gone away. Still there, and for the foreseeable future, it will continue to still be there. So uh, big shout out to them. Yeah, and I would like to thank you very much. Is there something that? you have planned or is this you know like you said before just kind of flying by the seat of your pants yeah uh doom wise uh man i don't have anything planned i mean the skill tag thing could happen but i I haven't i haven't been bitten by inspiration yet so when it's a good time uh another project will come it'll probably be sometime within the next year uh, but I don't know that I'm going to uh, slam everyone in the holiday seasons right now. You know, other than that, I've been working on uh, developing other stuff outside of Doom and uh, just basically uh, having a good time. When Doom inspiration strikes, you will all hear. <laughs> Sounds ominous. In a positive <laughs> way. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me, and uh, hey, keep on playing Doom. Run another three-way CTF tournament. That shit's fun. Yo, this is the mother load. Before we get out of here, a couple words from your sponsors. Make sure you check out quakefans.net forward slash network if you like this podcast and you want to hear more like it. Also, don't forget your host website for this show at doomfederation.com be there or fuck you